You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Baptist and Pleasant Green Road. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Now, here's our pastor with this week's sermon. Ready today? I mean, awesome. Very good. I, yeah, that is one of those songs that will just pump you up. And, and, it, and it causes me to think about something, something very, very cool about that song. Because I was singing it on the way here today. Uh, is just that, um, that while we were sleeping last night, while we didn't have any control over any situation, God was up and God was working. And he was putting everything into place for today. God has made today. And he's put us in it for a reason. And I think that's such an amazing truth. And so I'd like to ask something of you right off the bat. If you've come in to, uh, into this building today and you've got something weighing on your head, weighing on your heart, something that you just for some reason can't let go, I want to remind you that this is the day that the Lord has made. We have a powerful, powerful God who has enough power to put everything into place for today, even while you're asleep. And so, for just a second, we're going to take some time just to be quiet and still our hearts. And if you're holding on to anything, I would encourage you just to lay it at the feet of our Lord and Savior, because He's got it already anyways. So let's do that. We come into your presence today, and and we appreciate this time that we get to spend in your word, getting to uh, uncover truths that you have in here for us. Lord, may we do it unhindered. May we do it without any obstruction or distraction. May we be able to to dive into this this text and and pull out what it is that you would have for us to, to take with us, to apply to our lives. Lord, it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. All right. So we are going to be in, I think it's up there. Yeah, John 1, 1 through 18. Hopefully we'll get through it all. If not, it's okay. But uh, we're going to be talking about the light that affects. And so we're going to, we're going to just, I'm just going to read it just to start us off. If you're there, cool. If not, I'm sure you're almost there. So I'm just going to read it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came, as, he came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone 
was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him. And yet, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent, or of the will of flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observe his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he exists before me. Indeed, we have all recognized grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. There we go. All right. So John, John, if you're familiar with, with this book, um, you'll know that, that, that John is writing to a, to a Gentile audience. These are not, these are not Jews. And, and this, this book actually proved to be kind of um, confusing for a number of years. Like uh, when, when scholars were, were putting together the canon, they, um, they didn't know how to deal with, with John, the book of John, because it was a lot different than the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And it's actually about 39% or 93% original content. So it's, it's all like, it's all specific and John uses it all for a very uh, specific purpose. And he lets us know the purpose. In, in uh, the last verse of the book, in John 20 verses 30 through 31, it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But here, here's the purpose. But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So it's a kind of a, two, a two-part purpose. First of all, he wants to show that Jesus is God. He is the Messiah, the Son of God. And then secondly, he wants to prove that, that if you believe in him, if you put your faith in, in Jesus Christ, you will have eternal life. And so, so that's, that's John's purpose. And and I'm really glad that God laid this on my heart, laid this passage particularly on my heart, because I looked and I, remember, and I saw that this is the last Sunday of 2019. And when Bob came up to me and said, hey, Isaiah, I want you to preach, I said yes, and then I realized it was the last Sunday, and I was like, man, we're going out on a bang one way or another. You know, he was like, there's the bang, see? I told you. And... Um, and so, but I'm glad that, that, that God laid this on my heart because if you're, if you're in here today and maybe you have a New Year's resolution to read the Bible more and to get into God's Word more, then you can definitely use what we're talking about today as a springboard. If you haven't, if you haven't found a, that book that you want to start with and start looking at, you can use today as that. And so, the, fir- the first thing I want to ask you, though, um, is let's put yourself, let's put you in John's shoes. Let's say that, that you have been given the task to write this gospel. 
you, you, have, you are going to sit down and write down the events of Jesus' life. So there's a, there's a picture of you in your hand writing there. Yeah. And, and you're, you're getting down and you're, you're ready to write. And you want to start by saying who Jesus is. What title do you give him? There's actually a place in your, your handout thing. If you, and, and really, take a, take a second to write that down. If you, were go, if you were given the task to write one of the Gospels, what title would you use to describe Jesus? We talked about the purpose that John is trying to, trying to communicate. What, what title would you give Jesus? You know, it's funny. Um, a couple weeks ago, I did, I did this kind of exercise with the kids down at Children's Church. And Logan Todd, like, blew me away. He said, uh, I said, give me a title of Jesus. And he said, Ancient of Days. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> Man, I got to stop breathing. <laughs> Is this in an okay spot? Okay. Okay, it's just the mic. Okay. But, yeah, so he, he blew me away. That was, that was really cool. But, so, so maybe you wrote down something like Savior or or refuge, or strength, or, or prince of peace, or king. And, and, and maybe those mean a lot to you. Maybe you've been going through something that, that maybe this title of Jesus stands out. Well, John uses a very interesting title. He calls him the Word. In the first three verses, he says, In the beginning was the Word. And... When I read this, although I've read it many times, when I actually sat down and, and began preparing for today, I, um, I, I wrestled with it. Word just doesn't seem to do it for some reason. It, was just, it just didn't seem sufficient. Because we're, I mean, we're talking about the person who saved my life, who locked in an eternal future for me in heaven with God, with my Creator, and, and word just didn't seem to do it for me. It, it made me start to think about uh, a movie that my wife and I, Tori, we were watching. And uh, it was a boy and a girl. They were sitting there watching the sunset. Tori picked out this movie, by the way. It wasn't me. And, uh, and the boy and the girl, they're sitting there. They're looking out. And the girl makes a comment and says, would you just look at the sky? And the boy turns to the girl. And he says, yeah, it's big. And that's all he says. And she says, no, when you're talking about the sky, it's, it's enormous, it's gigantic, it's huge. Saying big just doesn't do it. And that's kind of how I felt whenever I read, read Jesus as the Word. What is, what is John trying to communicate? Why, is, why, is, why does he feel like Word is a sufficient title? And, and I think the best way for me to describe kind of what John is doing with this is to just tell a story. If that's okay, can I tell a story? Okay, tell a story. All right, I heard it. So, this story is completely made up. I made it up. It's fake. But I think it's a good story. So, it goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a boy and a girl. And they loved each other. And I'm not talking like butterflies in the stomach, that kind of love. Although there were probably butterflies in the stomach. I'm talking like he cherished her. He loved her. He honored her. He respected her. And the only, thing, the only thing wrong with this is there was a distance between them. The boy lived over here and the girl lived over there and they didn't get to see each other very often. I think today we would call that a long-term relationship. 
or long distance, not long term. Long term's good, by the way. Long distance might be a little tough. But yeah, long, long distance relationship. And so the boy, one day he thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to write her a letter. And he sits down and he, and he starts writing. He starts by writing about how much he misses her and then what he misses about her, how he can't wait to see her again. And he goes on and on, and he fills page after page after page after page. And at the end, he signs his name, closes it up, and he puts it in the envelope, and he sends it out. Some days go past, four days to be exact, and the girl gets this letter. When she sees who it's from, her heart is filled with joy. She opens it up, and as she begins to read, a smile rests on her face, and tears of, of happiness begin to roll down her cheek. And she reads every word carefully, and she gets to the end. And as soon as she gets to the end, she starts over, and she starts reading it again. She does that a few times. And every time she reads it, she feels closer to the boy. Now, in all actuality, they have not gotten any closer in proximity. But their, their relationship made it feel closer. And so, she reads and she cherishes this letter. The end. There you go. Now, in this, in this story... The boy represents God. The girl represents us. The letter represents Jesus. Jesus as the Word. See, just like in the story, the girl would not know how the boy really felt, what was on the boy's heart, had he not sent the letter. And so just like a letter points us back to the sender. The sending of Jesus as the Word sends us back, points us back to the Father. And so, that, so as, as John is describing, as John is using this title Word, there's so much weight to it. He's saying that, there's, that this is our, our connection back to the, to, the, to the heart of God. See, by using the title Word, we begin to see that Jesus is the very expression of God's thoughts and actions. It, it, it lets us get to, get to his heart. And we, and we begin to see that, that Jesus is connected to God. Jesus and God are one and the same. But yet, they're also separate. And it's amazing. Like, as I, as I began to think about it, think about this term in this, in this way, this title in this way, I began to just grow in just greater and greater passion for this title. Because in one word, John is able to describe all of that. That Jesus is connected yet separate, and Jesus is the thought and the expression of, of God, the very heart. You know, I, when I was younger, um, my mom and dad would, all, would tell me, you know, like, you have to put your thoughts into, you, you have to put your, uh, your words into action. You can't just say something and mean it. You have to actually do it. And, and that's what Jesus is the, that's what God through Jesus is and has done. 
And so, and so that's, it, it's just, it's very impactful for me to, to read this. And so that's, and that's just the first three verses. That's just the first three verses. And, and John does something. So John, as he puts out this, this title word, he then entangles this, this other title, light. And that's the one we're going to be focusing in on today is light. Jesus as the light. And so I, I don't think that it's necessary. I, I kind of went through back and forth in my mind whether or not I should um, kind of explain what light is. But then, as I read, I noticed John doesn't really explain what light is. I mean, because I think he understands the implication by saying light. Um, by saying light, I mean, even in verse uh, 5 and 9, he says, he says that uh, the light shines. And then in, in verse 9, it says that it gives light. So we understand this illuminating, this, this shining, this, this, this light that that kind of gives clarity. So we understand what light does, and so it's not necessarily, excuse me, a question about what, but rather a question about where, how, and who. Where, how, and who. And so where the light shines, how the light was handled, and who the light illuminates is what we're going to focus on for the rest of, the, rest of our time. So let's, let's dive into verses 4 through 9. And I'm going to reread it just for continuity. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The light, the true light that gives life, light to everyone was coming into the world. And so we begin to see this picture that, that John is doing, this light coming into darkness. And, and actually in this, this right here, we begin to see something that John does pretty regularly through his book, is he puts two contrasting ideas right up next to each other. Like for example, uh, John 3.16, a verse that we know very well, uh, John says, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, death, eternal damnation, and separation from God, but have everlasting life. And so right there we see these contrasting ideas. And, and John does it pretty regularly through, through the book. And so, um, so here he's doing it. He's putting light and darkness side by side. And as we begin to see, it's not just contrasting ideas, it's actually opposing ideas. Because we see here in, in verse 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Apparently there was an attack from the darkness. But yet, light has power over it. And we're talking in terms of Jesus being the light, and so we, we understand that Jesus has power over darkness. Amen? And so, you may not think about it, but the Christmas story is really a battle scene. It's a, it's a battle scene, as John's pointing out here. I mean, it, maybe you guys are into, like, uh, the Marvel movies. Uh, into the Marvel? Okay, good, all right. So, into the Marvel movies. And, and like, I, I think I've seen Endgame. So, like, you know the scene where they're, like, all coming together and they, like, 
kind of collide. Is that right? Is that, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, that is right. So, uh, so it's, the, it's that kind of scene, or if, or if you're familiar with like a war movie where, where each side is opposing one another and they're going at one another, and um, it's that collision right in the middle, light and darkness. They finally come in contact. Never, never has there been a time like this in all of history where light and darkness has come and completely attacked one another. And so Jesus coming into the world is a battle scene. It's a spiritual battle, yes, but it's a, spirit, it's a battle nonetheless. It's, it's, it's the two sides coming together. And, and, we get, and we begin to see that darkness, even though it's tried, it, it is unable to attack. It's unable to win. And as I sat there and as I read that, I, I understand and I know that Jesus has power over darkness. And I can say that, and I got that head knowledge. And that's, that's theologically correct. Jesus has power over darkness. But there are times, for me, where for some reason, I feel as though the darkness has some power. It's, it's, for some reason, it just seems to have a grip. You know, I, I'm, I'm only 23 years old. I'm not that old. But God's only given me 23 years so far. So, um, But in that time, I've, I've come across people who are, who are struggling with uh, depression. And there may be some in this room today. And, and if you're in here, whether you've disclosed that or not, and you struggle with that, you know what it's like for darkness to feel and seem like it's got power. You can say Jesus has got power over darkness all day long in your head, but for some reason, when that depression sneaks in, it seems as though it's got power over you. Or we could take it even further. That sin that you run back to, and if, you've thought, if, that, if something popped into your head, that's most likely it. If you continue to go back to that sin, and you, even though you've fought it and you fought it and you, and you try your, your very hardest, that sin has a grip on you. And you know what it's like to think that darkness has some power over us. Or what about... Uh, the ones in here who say, Isaiah, I've got all my ducks in a row, I'm, 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 I'm set, I'm good. However, when that person walks into the room, my spirit just goes into turmoil. And I don't know what it is about that person, but that person does it for me. And I, and I just cannot think a pleasant thought while they're in the room. If that's you, you know that darkness. And we sit here and we stand here and we say, Jesus has power over darkness, but yet, on the other side, we, we, we know that, that darkness seems to have some power. And we could go on and on and on. We could begin to talk about self-image. And, I, and I'm sure that some of you in here today probably looked at yourself in the mirror and said, I'm not good enough. And that's, that's a battle with, with this darkness. And, and I don't want to sound haughty or, or prideful or anything like that, but I believe that I have the remedy for stripping darkness of its power. I think I have it. And so the remedy 
of stripping darkness of its power is us. And that may sound weird. You may be thinking, Isaiah, you're in church. You're supposed to say Jesus, right? But, but I think it's us. And the reason I say that is because as I, as I was reading this, I could not help but think back to a time in history where, where Jesus had his disciples, the people who were following him, not just the apostle, not just the twelve. He had a group of people who said they want to follow Jesus to the ends of the earth. And I'd like to say that, there, that if that was going on today, that we would be in that group. And Jesus, he was sitting up on this, on this hill, on this mountain, and he gave a sermon. We know it as the Sermon on the Mount. And right at the beginning of this sermon, he, he says, you are the light of the world. And he continues to say, so let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus said that. And it's weird. I mean, it's, it, it feels weird to say that Jesus is the light of the world, and yet he shares that title with us. He calls us the light of the world. And a lot of times we think, well, that's an evangelism passage. We're supposed to go out and, and, and share, share the gospel. But can I be honest with you? There are times when the darkness has, has crept up on me where I can't think of, a, of that verse to say. I can't think of the passage to read. I, I, I forget to pray first and worry second. And so I need you. I need this. I need to get together with all of you and sing praises to the Lord and, and, and find strength in us being together with a like mind pointing each other to Christ. I mean, think about it. What was it today that allowed you to to lay that burden, whatever you had on your head, lay that down at the feet of the Savior. We sang a song today. I pointed to that side, I pointed to that side. We sang a song. And we were encouraged by it. And so I need you, you need me. I mean, do we really think that we just come together each week for, for the fun of it? No. We do it because we need it, and we do it because we are so forgetful. We forget so quickly about the power of Jesus Christ as soon as darkness comes in. We forget that there was a day where a battle took place and light came into the world and darkness could not overtake it. We forgot that. And we forget it. And I forget it. So I need you. And so there's a, there's a place right here. I want, I want you to take a second and to, under this, someone I can call, there's a blank spot right, right on your, your paper here. Someone I can call. I, I want you to take a second and write down a name. Someone you can call when, that, when darkness comes in and, and tries to show its face. You could say, you know what? I need to be reminded of the light. I need to lean on my brother. I need to lean on my sister and be reminded of the light of Jesus Christ. I'd encourage you to write, write that down. And if you can't think of anybody, if no one comes to mind, if you can't write anybody down, I'm giving you permission to stop listening to me. You don't have to listen to another word I say until you've got that down. It's that important. 
but for the rest of us, I think we'll, we'll continue to move on down the passage. So this next part, the light rejected, this is verses 10 through 13, and how the light was handled. And I'll read it again. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of, of man, but of God. You know, as I read this passage, um, I continued to have the scenario kind of pop up into my head. And, and, and the reason why, so in, in, this, in this passage, there are two groups. The one group is identified as the ones who rejected. The other group is the one who received. And so as I, as I read this over and over and over again, I began to think about... Uh, began to think about this scenario. Um, imagine for a second, you are driving at night, you're in your car, and maybe you're on one of these roads that lead to the church where there's a lot of deer jumping out all the time. Like, I almost hit like three squirrels today, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> but you're driving down the, the road, and uh, it's nighttime, you've got your, your hands on the wheel, you're, you're, you're as focused as you can be, and then you look down the road a ways, and there is one of those high beam LED lights on the on the hood on the front of someone's car coming at you, and and as they're coming at you, and as they get closer, uh, you start to feel your corneas ripping and and tearing, and, and the lights peering through and shooting out your ears, and. Uh, and you, can, you do everything you can to just kind of squint and look past and, and just wait until this light has passed from you. And, you. and you get to go on your way. And that scenario continued to pop up in my head because just like there are two groups here, identified as the ones who reject and identified as the ones who receive, in that scenario there are two vehicles. One vehicle is going against the light. The light is peering in. The light is shining in. But the driver rejects it. Tries to look past it. Squints. Resents the light. And then the other car. The one that is going with the light. This driver can see clearly everything that's in its path. It's, it's laser focused on where it needs to go. It knows its direction. So my question for you today is, are you going with the light or are you going against it? In other words, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you seen this light coming towards you and said, no, you know what, I'm going to go with it now. And made a 180 turn. Have you made that decision today? And I, I would say that, I mean, I know all of y'all pretty well. I've, I've been here for a little over a year, and so I, I know the audience that I'm in, and I, and I would say yes, the majority in this room have placed their faith in Jesus Christ and are going with the light, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful to be surrounded by that. 
And so I have to ask a further question, since that's the case. What area of your life are you going against the light? What area of your life are you going against the light? What area, when that light peers into your life, that one spot, and maybe you're thinking of it right now, that one spot where it's, it's coming in and it's shining and it's illuminating that, that thing in your life, that issue in your life, that you just can't wait for it to pass by so you don't have to deal with it anymore. That you're sitting there and you reject it. That's a, that's a question that you, you'll have to answer. I can't answer that one for you. I want to make one point more about this, this section, and then we'll move on. The conjunction that, that John uses, he uses the word but, um, it's interesting. So he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all those who did receive him. Of these, of these two groups, he stops talking about the ones who reject him. And I think that John does this intentionally. I, I, think, I really do think that John is trying to communicate that this story isn't about them. The ones who rejected him, this story is no longer about them. This is the only reference that we're going to give to them. And it's a sobering thought because it, it, it makes me think that there is one day where Jesus will say, turn from me, I never knew you. So if you're in this room today and you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, there's a coming, there's a coming day that if you reject Jesus Christ in this life, He will reject you in the life to come. And that's, that's a hard thing to say. But I have to say it. Because it's true. Let's continue on. The light revealed, verses 14 to 18. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he exists before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who is, who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. And so then when we begin to see this, this kind of book in, Jesus bring, John brings back in this title, Word. So he makes this, this beautiful connection. He started out by calling Jesus the Word, and we saw that that was a, a connection to God, but also a, a separate thing. And, so, and then he goes to com communicate Jesus as the light, and then he closes this section by saying that Jesus is the Word again. And by Jesus being the Word, he has revealed God to us. And so we would not know the Father if it had not been for the Son, been for the light. 
And, and the, only, the only thing that I have of application for that is just appreciation. I mean, this, this time, this Christmas season is, at the most part, appreciation for the fact that God was so loving enough to send His Son. I mean, John makes some, makes some te- statements about, about the Old Testament and the way that things used to be. How, how it was only nationally through, through sacrifice and through keeping the law that they were able to have a relationship with God. That was the only way. But now, we are able to step into a complete relationship with God because Jesus Christ has been our sacrifice. Jesus Christ gave His life on the cross for us. And so we, we would not know the Father had it not been for the Son. And that's, that's amazing. And, and we, we begin to get, as, as the text points out, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We have been afforded grace and truth because of Jesus. Now, the, I think the last few slides that I have um, is really just my synopsis of the passage. So this is, I mean, you could take it or leave it however you like. You want to put that up? There we go. So I'm just going to read it for, just so that everyone can uh, kind of see it. So John presents Jesus Christ as the Word before time began. And it is through this title that we see not only is Jesus a separate and yet connected part of the Godhead, but that he acts as the very expression of God's thoughts and actions to the world. Much like how the words in a letter showcase the heart behind the one writing. It is because of the word that we as children to the Father are given the ability to understand the character of our Father, namely his glory, grace, and truth. If it were not for the light's temporary earthly residence with mankind, a relationship with the Father would be unthinkable, and redemption would only be available, uh, available nationally to God's chosen people through the faithful keeping of the law which was given through Moses. It is through the now-inclusive relationship with the Father that we experience present-day blessing, which are in addition to, to the life that we now have through the Word, who has, through His earthly ministry, proven to be the illuminating light to all the world who, and who could not be overtaken or overcome. It's a very beautiful passage. I, I'm, I'm very thankful that, that God has given me time to, to look into it and, and to even share it with you today. And so I think right now I'm going to close in a word of prayer and then, and then Wayne will come up and, and, and we'll have the, the altar open today. And, I, and I've got three, three options for you. So first of all, that name that you wrote down. That person, the person who came to your mind when you said, when, when I said, who could you call? You can get up right now, if they're in the room, go to them and say, hey, look, you may be, you may be getting a call from me later. And take some time even now to just pray together.
The second option. If you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, and maybe today you've made that decision, would you come up and tell me so I can pray with you? And then lastly, the altar will be open and you, you can take some time to just get alone in prayer. There may be a lot of moving around with people finding other people and, and praying. And so, if you need some time alone in prayer with God, I would encourage you to come up to the front. So, let me close our time and then, and then Wayne will come up. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for your word. Thank you that you sent your son uh, your only son, to be a sacrifice for us. And not only that, that he was the light of the world. And that he, through his ministry on the earth, was able to, to point to us a way to get to you. Lord, I do just thank you for each person in here, and I want to lift up the darkness that they have, whatever it is, whatever is, is holding on to them, Lord, that you would step in and show your power. And Lord, I, I, I also ask that the ones in this room would, would stand alongside those who have, who have uh, this, this darkness that they're fighting. And that together we would remind one another of the power that your son has. Thank you for listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church. We welcome you to join us next Sunday at 1030 a.m. for our weekly worship service. 